0: The following is a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleecker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at AllAndyElford and facebook.com slash all After a long week off, we're back. We're on the air. i missed you guys so, so much. It is truly a pleasure to have this show back on the air after an impressive marathon classic that ended in a not-so-perfect way. We'll get to that tonight. Baseball, though, is heating up. The heat is on. And we've got you covered. The Tigers are swept in Kansas City, but go now north. While the Indians are getting a name change. And they're going through some changes. The Reds are getting things done versus St. Louis. While the Mud Hens are still staying hot. Can't believe the Hens are riding in, in the second place. The 32nd Summer Olympiad is underway. We'll talk about the Olympics tonight. We'll talk about what's happening. A congratulatory congratulations to a team. And we'll also dive into the gridiron. Yes, football is back. Media Day was this past week. But that all gets set to the precedent as the new season of the NHL begins. But the Jackets are officially putting the noose around my neck as a fan. We're back. And it's time. It's time for All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All oh. Andy Alfred. And a shot in a goal four runs in the span i really shut out. get shut out to a homeboy. Go home, way back! Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Two tune. it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, and back in the studio again, I say, oh, I love you guys! And welcome in to another edition of all, Andy Elford right here on your exclusive home for me. That is the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bleaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, however you listen, wherever, whenever, and however you listen, again, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me the time To give you what's happening in the sports world as what is happening in my life as well. And you can be a part of our show by following the show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred on Twitter. As well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. So welcome into the show, everybody. Welcome into the show. It is truly great to be back with you after a week vacation, of course. We did shows... We did shows back in the beginning of July, of course, because of the Marathon Classic and everything like that. Uh usually we would take a vacation after the Marathon Classic cuz we did five straight shows in a row. And we did that and uh we took a week off. I had a had a little prior engagement with the with the misses with our with her bridal shower. I was helping her out with that. Uh we're getting everything settled now for the wedding. Um getting that all situated. So well, d- I'll dive more into that later in the podcast, but, you know, it's just good to be back in the saddle here and be ready for this big stretch run. We've got a lot to cover, of course. We've got the Olympics that are now happening right now. You have the start, you're getting ready to go to mini camps for football. You're having high school football that is starting, college football as well. You have the hot playoff races in the MLB. And then you have what's killing me in Columbus with the Blue Jackets, which I'll get to in a minute. Also, you also have you know the Solheim Cup coming up in September. Looking forward to that. We're going to be at the event. Yes, tickets have been acquired. We will be there for the practice round on Thursday, and we will be there on Championship Monday for the trophy presentation. So looking forward to that and looking forward to give you the coverage of the Solheim Cup right here on the All-India Alford Network here on the Anchor Network. So a lot to get into. We're gonna talk a lot tonight. Recap the week that was weekend that was in sports. We're gonna have, of course, we're gonna talk a little bit about what's happening on the on the gridiron with uh as Mac Media Davis this past week. We'll talk about where the Rockets and the Falcons stand up, and you'll hear my early indications on everything. Also, we'll talk a little NFL with the Browns. Browns have got an injury that we gotta discuss as well. Also, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA, as well as baseball. But we begin today with the Jackets. I was going to leave with baseball. I was really going to leave with baseball. But when before I stepped into the studio tonight, I was cruising my Twitter, seeing if we had any questions or anything like that. We didn't have any questions. Philadelphia Flyers posted a picture in the dressing room of their new player. Now, the NHL draft took place this past weekend, and before we get even into that, we'll get into the expansion draft with Seattle in just a little bit, but we're going to go on the ramp because of the Jackets. No, we'll start with Seattle. We'll start with Seattle. Seattle comes out with their expansion draft, and you know, it was a great show, but it was it was a TV show basically. ESPN took the coverage. I was on ESPN too. I watched it at at my fiance's house. We sat there and she was asking me questions about why their such and such players are saved and what's what such and such players are going and stuff like that. And I, you know, I was answering most of her questions. And I was just surprised of how good, you know, how good the the Kraken picked in players. You know but for me i i i look at Seattle's roster of their players that they picked up uh the big one to me there's few big ones for me of course Jordan Eberle from the from the New York Islanders that was a big one too Yanni Gord as well uh Blackwell big pickup as well um The Jackets give up Beirut, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. I'm fine with that. Dennis Chilowski from the Red Wings is now a Seattle Kraken because of that. Mark Giordano is now a Seattle Kraken. So there's some good players. But the goaltending for me, I thought early on in the week when I was reading what's happening with with Montreal and Carey Price, that Price was going to be not protected on the list. I looked at that and I said to myself, "Man, if I'm Seattle, I got to pick carry Price up and ride the Marc-André Fleury wagon because of it." Cuz I think that would be a perfect setup for them. Honestly, it would be a perfect setup. They need to have a goal a solid goaltender. Price is a little older. I know, I understand that, but he's got experience and you want experience. They get Vanek Drager and Decor as their three goaltenders, all backups. So somebody's got to get the first job. So that was that was Wednesday. Thursday was a report coming out that the Jackets were thinking about moving some people around, and I was I looked at it. I'm like, you know, it, trades coming up. Uh, that the trade deadline uh, trade deadline's coming up after the draft. You know, a lot of players are gonna get moved around. You know it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So I'm fine with it. So Friday comes. Now I'm setting up up at my house. I got the little draft spread. I got a little Buffalo Wild Wings. I got a couple beers. We're gonna sit there and watch the draft. Get the notification that Seth Jones has been traded. And I'm like, oh no. And now at the same time I'm thinking to myself, man. We're, we've got three first-round picks. Please, please don't let one of those third, three picks go. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, calm down. You know, anything could happen. So, Seth Jones gets traded to the Chicago Blackhawks for a good defenseman. I think a really, really good defenseman. Very good defenseman. And Adam Boquist. Boquist. And they get Chicago's first round draft pick at 12. I'm like, okay. Okay. That's fine. So I look at this. I look at the Jackets draft. I look at the Jackets draft. And In the first round, first pick overall, they kicked Kent Johnson from the University of Michigan at number five. And I said, oh, man, a, a good centerman, we need a centerman, and this kid can play. And I think this is going to be a player that a lot of Jacket fans are really going to like with him. Even though he went to Michigan, Wierenski went to Michigan, Everybody likes Warinski. so that's fine with that. So then they get the pick at 12, and I say to myself, oh, man, this is this is a good pick. This is going to be a good pick. They pick Cole Sillinger, Mike Sillinger's son. Now, Mike played with the Jackets in two, from 2002 to 2004. So there's a Columbus connection, and Cole was born in Columbus. So I said to myself, this is another Roslick it's another Russell. This is a great draft. Two kids that were born in Ohio now going to be playing on the same team. I'm fantastic. They get the third. They get a third pick in the first round at 25, and it's Cummins. And I'm like, a defenseman. Perfect. We lose a defenseman. We gain a defenseman. I'm absolutely ecstatic. And Friday night. After the draft first round ended, I said to myself, we're set it up pretty good. We've got veterans. This is a rebuild team now. Even John Davidson said in an interview that, you know, the fans are gonna really enjoy this team. And I'm ecstatic. They had a huge party at nationwide Friday night. They had they had Jenner, they had uh uh, Bjorkstrand, they had Roslovic, they had all the guys. They they had Atkinson, Bjorkstrand, Roslovic, They had Nasher there with Rick Nash as well as Bob McKelvin and all the TV guys. It was Rimmer, Shelley, and John Luke. They were all there. They introduced all the picks right there. It was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And I said to myself, going to bed, it was like that TikTok video that a lot of people were seeing. They go to bed. They wake up the next morning. Something's different. I woke up the next morning, Saturday morning, to a a kick in the balls and a punch in the gut. I had so much hype in Yarmo Kekalainen because of him. Of how good this draft was. And how good this is going to be. Okay? I, I, I'm just... Just calming myself down here. I can't calm myself down here. What did the Jackets do Saturday? Can't I can't do it. I can't do it. They get rid of another solid player that wants to stay for the rebuild. They get rid of my in my opinion the next captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. They get rid of a guy that wants to be there and play his career out in Columbus in a Union Blue jersey. They want to, They get rid of a guy who has got roots in this community, who is loved by all fans, including yours truly. They trade Cam Atkinson. A guy who has been with this organization For 10 years that wants to be here, that wants to play, that wants to help rebuild this organization, they get rid of him for a guy who I watch got drafted by Scott Housen and the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2007 in Nationwide Arena. They get freaking Jakub Voracek. Who doesn't want to be here? Who didn't want to come to Columbus? Who didn't want to be drafted by Columbus? This is why ownership and McConnell need to get rid of Yarmo Kekalinen. I hear you and understand, oh, well, he's a wizard in everything that he picks and every move that he makes. He's a wizard when it comes to... How is he a wizard when you get rid of probably one of the best goddamn hockey players this organization has ever seen in his entire career? A fixture in the community. A love of this... Who loves this community. Who loves this team. Who loves this city. And you get rid of him... For a player that we drafted in 2007 who hasn't done, pardon my language, who hasn't done shit for the Flyers except look like the doppelganger of Gritty, you get rid of Cam Atkinson for this piece of dirt. Let me repeat again, a piece of dirt. Who does not like Columbus. You get rid of a person who loves this city for a person who doesn't love this city? I use the words, this word very lightly. I hate Yarmulke Kekalina right now. I am, if he ruined my day on Saturday. He absolutely ruined my day on Saturday. I hope John H. McConnell, the ownership, the ownership group of Columbus, takes a look in the mirror and takes a look and looks and sees Yarmo there, and realizes, hey, maybe this isn't such a was it such a good move. The only thing that could save Yarmol for me, dropping the the F. Iron word, which I've already dropped on Twitter. It's if he goes and gets Nikki Fling's back. And he is an unrestricted free agent right now. Why isn't Columbus offering him a contract? Offering him to come back to the city? Offering him to come back and teach these kids? Why isn't that not happening right now? I'll give you another one right now. The jackets today offer three restricted free agents contracts, and guess which one, who, guess which person, gets an opportunity to have a one-year, seven-point-six million-dollar contract. Patrick Line Pardon my, pardon my language, again, but why the hell does this idiot deserve it? He didn't, pardon my language again, he didn't do shit for us when he got traded to come over to Columbus. The Dubois trade now looks to be that Winnipeg wins the trade. Wins the outright trade of Lion Aid for Dubois. Plain and simple. Because he didn't do absolute shit for us. And I. I'm just absolutely furious that they offer him seven million. The man who deserves that seven million is in Toronto right now, and if they re-sign him in Toronto, and or he goes somewhere and he gets a, a big contract, I'm going to tell you this, folks: it's going to be this team. After the, this team is in trouble very it's already in trouble now the water's already pouring in you don't sign him it's like putting flex seal on you put flex seal on nick get nick folino you put flex seal on the boat the boat's going to come back to life plain and simple if that piece of dirt patrick line and that piece of dirt Jakub check don't do anything if foreign check doesn't do anything for this team this year doesn't, doesn't produce at least 16 to 20 goals, It's a plus six this year, I will give you a plus six. If he doesn't do that, ship him. Move him. And it comes back to then, to Yarmo having to be fired. Because we all know what happens when jackets, good jackets, leave Columbus and go to other teams. They thrive. They perform better. Foligno in the playoffs with Toronto was fantastic in some aspects. He was better with the team when he get when they traded him. David Savard, need I say more? Josh Anderson, need I say more? Hell, we could go back to Jeff Carter. Need I say more? Yarmol really fucked. This team over. He has I, I'm sorry I use that language, but it's the truth. He really fucked us over. And I'm not really that passionate about hockey in on July 26th. But this this idiot has decided to screw this organization up. We bring back John Davidson, you know that's fantastic. And Johnny, Johnny D and Yarmo work well together. I'm going to need some hard liquor or some, or some more deeper Jaeger, maybe a cold brew to get me through this season because I, I'm just, I'm going to tell you this folks, you're a Jackets fan. It's going to be a long call. It really is. I'm sitting here depressed already. We did get the schedule released. I am excited for the schedule. We open up with Arizona, the second game of the year. We're, in, we're home to play Seattle, so I get to see Everett, hopefully. And then we're in Detroit for the first road game of the year. Bear in mind, I also wanted to pass this along. They, they, Besides Line A, they offered a contract to Textier, who definitely deserves it. Adam Peak, who deserves it. The only players that they did not offer contracts, qualifying offers, was Cole Sherwood, Columbus kid. And, you know, that's, that's it. I just, I, I'm just... Really, really upset by this whole trade. It it really is. It really makes me. It makes me question my fan, my my fandom to this team because I don't know, it bothers me. Okay, let's look at the schedule. So, like I said, they open with Arizona on the fourteenth of October. They play Seattle on the 16th before they go on the road on the 19th battle, Detroit. They come back home for three straight against the Islanders, Carolina, and then Dallas before they hit the road for three big road games, one at the Garden in New York, one and then in Jersey that following Sunday on Halloween. November 3rd, they're in Colorado, and then they come back home to play Colorado on the 6th, so it's basically a home and home. They'll play Washington on the 12th of November. The 13th of November, they play the Island, uh, the Rangers, For they play Detroit on the 15th of November. Then they play on a big West Coast trip, mini, mini West Coast trip, where they go to Arizona and then to Vegas on Saturday night. And then they come back to the East Coast to battle Buffalo. The week of Thanksgiving, they play Wednesday night against Winnipeg, Thursday's Thanksgiving, Friday they play Vancouver and then Saturday they're in St. Louis. You're asking me where they play when they play Tampa. They play Tampa January 4th. They go to Seattle by the way on on December 11th they play Toronto uh, December 7th. They play a big Canadian road trip. But they're in Vancouver on the 14th of December, the 16th of December they're in Edmonton and the hockey night in Canada they're playing Calgary on the 18th before they go to Buffalo on the 20th and then they play Buffalo the day before Christmas Eve on the 24th January is a busy schedule for the Jackets they play on New Year's Day at Carolina at home against Carolina February on December uh, January 4th they play Tampa for the first time Trip to Jersey, back home to play Jersey. They're in Montreal on the 10th before they come back home to play Chicago on the 11th. The only time they'll play Chicago this year. And then February is an interesting one. Because of the IOC is debating about bringing back the NHL players back to the international game, they have taken three weeks off for the players for the Olympic break. So there's that for you. They come back on February 24th to play Florida, then the 25th against Carolina before they play the Pittsburgh Penguins on the 27th. And then they will play at home against on March the 1st against New Jersey. A long homestand, long homestand. Five, uh, let's see, six home games. Jersey, the Kings, Boston, and then at home against Toronto. Then they play Minnesota and then Vegas on a Sunday where they go to the road to play Ottawa, then to play Washington at home where they play St. Louis at home. And then a three-game road trip where they're in Pittsburgh, then in Winnipeg, Minnesota, before they come back home to play the Islanders. Okay. I'm just I, I'm just so furious about the Voracek trade. I really am. They will end the season on April 29th against Tampa Bay. So – there is that for you. You can look at the schedule on the Blue Jackets website. If you've got season tickets. Look to sell them now, folks. Just telling you that now. Just, just telling you. Just telling you like it is, folks. When you break it all down This is how the schedule breaks down too. They will play they will play games like this. 9 games at on Monday, 6 at home, 3 away. On Tuesday they'll play 15 games, 4 at home, 11 away. On Wednesday they play 3 home games and two row games, a total of five. On Thursday, 17 games, eight at home, nine away. On Friday, they'll play 10 games, seven at home, three away. On Saturday, 18 games, eight at home, ten away. And Sunday, eight games, five at home, three away. So, yeah, that is the jacket schedule for you guys right there. Other uh, news and notes to pass along to you. Uh, Stan Bennett signs a four-year contract ascension with the Florida Panthers. Uh, Ovechkin, you know, he's expected to re-sign with the Capitals prior to free agency, they're thinking. Uh, Chris Drager, Adam Larson, and uh, Jamie Olsek all signing contracts with the, the Kraken. Other trades besides this atkinson Vorcheck trade, which was a goddamn da- mess. San Jose has acquired Nicholas Murky from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for defenseman Christian Yaros. Uh, Minnesota got a couple of draft, mo- draft picks around, numbers around. Basically, with a lot of numbers getting moved, a lot of trades going around. Uh, Florida has acquired Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a 2022 first round draft pick and a goaltender named Devon Levi. And the Kings also acquire forward uh, Braden Burke, Tyler Steberg from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for defenseman Colton Hunts and Boji Iromama. Uh, the Jackets also made a trade too with Carolina. Jackets acquired defenseman Jack Bean from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for a second-round pick at number 44 in the 2021 draft, which was originally acquired by the Chicago Blackhawks. Vancouver was the big one of the big moves. They moved Oliver Al- ekman Larson. they get Al- Oliver ekman Larson and Connor Garland from Arizona in exchange for Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Anton Russett and a first-round pick this past draft. So there is that for you. Uh, when it comes to the draft, it pretty much went like mean, I thought it was going to go in order. Owen Power getting the number one overall pick. Matthew Byers at number two for Seattle. Mason Mitchick for number three for Arizona. Luke Hughes, who's not going to play with his older brother at four. Kent Johnson, number five for the Jackets. Uh, Simon Everson at number six. William uh, Eklid at 7 for Air, for the um, San Jose Sharks. Brandy Clark at number 8 for the Air, for the uh, LA Kings. Dylan Gardner at number 9 for, for the Arizona Coyotes. And Tyler Boucher at number 10. Like I said, Cole Sillinger for the Jackets at 12. Uh, Sebastian Costa at number 15 for the Red Wings. Like I said, Colson Kermans at number 25 for the Jackets. And the big one at 31 is Logan Mayhew, at number 31 from the Montreal Canadiens. Now, this kid basically said he doesn't want to be drafted at all, and the and the Canadiens decided to say, you know what, we're going to draft you. And they draft him, and uh, they got some problems with this kid. So stay tuned to news and notes about that going forward. So, yeah, it still still gets me. And what gets me the most, if you knew you were going to trade Cam Atkinson, why would you want to have him there the night before he gets traded at the party? Honestly. Why? Why? I don't know. We'll keep you updated. It's only July 26th. And I'm already frustrated with the Jackets. You're listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. Now let's hit the diamond and let's talk some baseball. Man, the Tigers are hot, but they ran into a buzzsaw in the Royals this past weekend. Well, let's talk a little baseball, of course. The Tigers are hot as ever right now as they took and swept their series against Texas this past week, outscoring their opponents by a score of 28-8 to eight in their four games with the Texas Rangers. They went into Kansas City this past weekend and we're swept by the Royals. Yes, on Friday night, the Tigers falling to the Royals on the opening game of the series by a score of 5-3. Peralta for the Tigers gets the loss. He goes to 3-2 now with a 2.56 ERA. Uh, Bubnick, the win, he goes to 3-4 with a 4.72 ERA. Holland, the save, his 7th of the season. Willie Castro, home for the Tigers, his 7th of the season. O'Haren and San- O'Haron his 8th. And Carlos Santana, his 16th of the season. Uh, the Tigers in the game, it was Peralta going five and two-thirds innings pitch, five hits, five runs. All five were earned, three walks, three strikeouts. He gave up the two home runs to O'Haron and Santana. For the Royals, it was Bubik the win. He went six innings strong, six hits, one run. That run was earned, two walks, four strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Castro in the game. So the Tigers fall game one of the series. In game two of the series, the Tigers were... You know, holding on strong. They got out to an early lead, a five-nothing lead after four. Excuse me, a six-nothing lead after five and a half innings. And then Kansas City put four runs in the fifth, and then five runs in the seventh to beat the Tigers by a score of nine to eight. Uh, it was Butts the win. He goes to three and two with a two-point-nine-one ERA. Funkhauser, the loss. He now gets his first loss of the year at four and one now. With a 3.52 ERA, Davies to save his second of the season. Santana, a big three-run bomb in the game. His 17th of the season. Salvador Perez homering his 22nd of the season. Akil uh, Badu, his ninth home run for the Tigers. It was Jamer Candelario getting his seventh home run of the season. For the Tigers, it was Casey Mice who started for the Tigers. He left four and two-thirds innings pitch, six hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned, one walk and six strikeouts. He gave up one home run, the home run to Salvador Perez. For the Royals in the game, it was it was Hernandez starting. He went two and through, two thirds in his pitch, giving up two hits, five runs, five of, all five were earned. Four walks, two strikeouts. He gave up one home run in the game to Jamer Candelario, his seventh of the season. So the Tigers fall. Game two of the series, could they salvage the game three? Unfortunately, they do not. They fall and they get beat up by the Royals. Sweep, being swept by the Royals by a score of six to one. Lynch gets the win. He gets his first win of the season. He's now one and two with a 7.88 ERA. Scoble the loss. He goes to six and nine with a 4.42 ERA. Salvador Perez homering for the Royals. His 23rd of the season. Solaire homering twice in the game for the Royals. His 10th and 11th of the season for Scoble in his outing for the Tigers he went five innings pitch five hits five runs all five were earned no walks four strikeouts he gave up three home runs in the game and that was all three home runs to Salvador Perez and Soler in the game for him for Lynch in the game he went eight innings strong he had five hits no runs none earned no walks four strikeouts he did not give up a home run as the Tigers did not go long in this game as the Royals beat the Tigers 6-1 in front of 12,703 time of the game, two hours and 22 minutes on Sunday afternoon. So the Tigers will bounce back. They have a big series tonight, three-game series against the Minnesota Twins. They'll try to get back onto the winning page. It will be Manning on the bump for the Tigers. He's 2-3 with a 5.79 ERA. He'll take on Michael Pineda, the former New York Yankee who had the pine tar on his, on his neck. Yeah, he's he plays for the Minnesota Twins. He's four and five with a 3.93 ERA, 8:10 start time on the Bally Sports North as well as Bally Sports Detroit. Tuesday will be Alexander on the hill for Detroit. He is one and one with a 4.24 ERA. He'll take on Medida, who is four and four with a 4.63 ERA, 8:10 start time for that one on Bally Sports North or Bally Sports. Detroit. The concluding game on Wednesday will see Peralta on the hill 3-2 with a 2.56 ERA. He'll take on Jay Happ, who is 5-5 with a 6.14 ERA. One ten start time that game on the Bally Sports Network with Bally Sports North or Bally Sports Detroit or on MLB Network. After this series for Detroit, they will head back home for four games against the Baltimore Orioles to end the month of July before they have a break on the 2nd of August, and then they'll have three against the Boston Red Sox before they head to Cleveland for three straight games against the against the Indians on the 6th, 7th, and 8th before they go to Baltimore on the 10th, 11th, and 12th. So there is those upcoming games. And speaking of the Tribe, let's talk a little bit about the Indians. And we'll, we'll save the discussion talk for after... I know everybody's asking me about my opinion about about Cleveland. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we recap the Indians. The Indians have gone four in six since the All Star break, and this team is supposed to contend for a wild card spot. It ain't happening. I really don't think it's happening. I don't. I think uh, Cleveland, is starting to falter. I feel like Detroit. is going to be bounce, could bounce Cleveland. I really do think so. I really, really think so. As Cleveland welcomed in Tampa Bay for a big series as Tampa takes three of four from the Tribe. And we'll start with Thursday night as the Tribe fall to the Rays by a score of five to four. And I'm going to say it right now. and I'll, I, I, To you Indian fans, why do you guys want to keep Brad Shaw? Every time he has come into the game, and I've been sitting with my father, and my father even says this. he's been a longtime Indian fan for the lo- ever since he was a kid. My dad is sixty eight years old, okay He has seen everything. he's seen Bob Feller, he has seen he has seen Lenny Barker, he has seen all the great Indian teens of the '90s. He says to me the other day. In, the pitching, in all the great pitching of the 90s and the 2000s, I said, why do we still have Brad Shaw? He shouldn't be in the lineup anymore. And I, I totally, totally agree with you, Dad. I absolutely, totally agree with you. Brad Shaw is a joke of a baseball player and a, be- a joke of a pitcher. He can't get anything done. The Indians had the game won. had the game won in the ninth inning and Diaz goes deep on Brad Shaw and opened up it opened the flight gates in the 10th inning Shaw doesn't do anything I'll give you his final line Shaw when an inning pitch two hits one run. Gets the loss, but it was Karnak the killer. Two he won in an innings pitch, two hits, two runs. Two runs were earned, one walk, one strikeout. He gave up the home run to Diaz, the only run. Home run. His sixth six Diaz's sixth home run of the season. When Troll started the game, he went six innings strong, four hits, one run. That run was earned three walks, two strikeouts. A great outing. And the in the Indian bullpen blows up again. Crinchak and Shaw gotta go. Send them down to Cl- send them down to Columbus. And in my dad's voice, send them down to Goodyear and make them restart. I agree with you, Dad. Agree with you. Fairbanks to win for Tampa. He goes to three and three with a three ERA. Castillo to save his fourteenth of the season. Reyes homering for Cleveland, his seventeenth of the season, as Tampa takes Game One of the series by a score of five to four. We get to we get to Friday, and again, say it again: Cleveland's bullpen is not there. Lee Sack was decent, but you run into Nelson Cruz, who's just got traded. He's going to make you pay. And he did. Cruz, his 20th home run of the season for Tampa. Powers them to a 10-5 win over the Tribe. Whistler, the win. He goes to 3-3 with a 3.79 ERA. Wingard, the loss. He goes to 2-3 with a 5.73 ERA. Like I mentioned, Nelson Cruz, his 20th home run of the season. Choi, his fifth. Uh, Jose Ramirez, his 20th home run of the season. And uh, Johnson, his second of the season for the Indians in the game. It was Plesek going six and two-thirds innings pitch, eight hits, four runs, two walks, three strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Nelson Cruz. His ERA now a 4.30 ERA. For the Rays, it was Fleming starting for the Rays. He went four innings pitch, six hits, three runs. three All three were earned, two walks, one strikeout, one home run. He gave up the home run to Ramirez in the game. In a game that took two three hours and five minutes in front of 23,180 at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario in downtown Cleveland. You get to Saturday, and it was all raised in this one. One run in the first, three runs in the third, a run in the seventh, and then three runs piling it on in the ninth inning. The Indians could not seem to find the find the sticks and find the way. Final line, 8 runs on 13 hits, 1 error for Tampa. 2 runs on 5 hits, 2 errors for Cleveland as the Indians fall 8-2 to, to the Rays. Head the win, he goes to 1-0 and with a 2.08 ERA. Mejia the loss, he goes to 1-6 and with a 7.52 ERA. Phillips homering his 5th of the season for Tampa. Choi his 6th, and Austin Meadows with 2 home runs his 17th and 18th of the season. Bradley Zimmer homering, um, excuse me, Bradley homering his 11th of the season for the Indians in the game. In the game, Mejia, six innings pitched, seven hits, five runs, five of which were earned two walks, six strikeouts. He gave up three home runs off uh, to Meadow, one to Meadows, one to Phillips, and one to Choi in the out in his outing. He went his ERA 7.52 for the Rays. It was, like I said, Rasmussen starting. He went three innings strong, one hit, one run. That run was earned. No walks, three strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Bradley in the game. But like I said, had the win. He went two innings strong, two hits, one run. No earned, no walks, four strikeouts in his outing on Saturday as the Rays beat up on the Tribe 8-2. The Tribe do get salvage at least a win of the series. As they beat Tampa yesterday by a score of three to two, it was Krincheck the win. He goes to seven and two with a two point eight four ERA. Whistler now the loss. He goes to three and four with a four point two three ERA. Uh, class the save, his twelfth of the season. Cruz homering again, his twenty first of the season. Hernandez for the Tribe, his seventeenth of the season. Cesar Hernandez. Homering McKenzie going out and pitching a strong outing. Six innings, five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. One walk, six strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Cruz. His ERA now a 5.61. For the the race, it was Yardbird on the hill. He had a great outing, and it's sad that Whistler blew the save and blew the game for him. Yarbrough, seven innings, five hits, one run. That run was earned. One walk, six strikeouts. He gave up one home run for Whistler. He went in only a third of an inning. Two hits, two runs. All two were earned. No walks. No strikeouts. No home runs. And the time that took two hours and forty-six minutes to play. Eighteen thousand six hundred fourteen in attendance at the pro- at Prague Field. That's that pro- I say Prague Progressive Field. So the Indians are off now. They will be off until Tuesday. But they will have a quick two-game series with the St. Louis Cardinals. It will be Adam Wainwright on the hill, seven and six with a 3.56 ERA. He'll take on Quintel, who is two and two with a 3.84 ERA. 7:10 start time for that one Wednesday. The concluding game of the quick two-game series it will be Kim on the hill for St. Louis. He's six and five with a 2.88 ERA. He'll take on Pleissack, who is five and three with a 4.30 ERA. The Indians will be off on Thursday before they head to the south side of Chicago for a three-game series with the Pale Hose, the White Sox, in a big series right there. And then they will head north of the border. Yes, they will be the first team to play Toronto in Toronto as the Jays will be taking on the Indians. 3:07 1st pitch at Rogers Center in Toronto. It is reopening day in Toronto. The Jays are going back home, so it's good to see that. They'll go to Toronto for four, then they will come back home for Detroit for three. They'll make up the game against the Redlegs, and then they'll play three against Oakland, and then three in Detroit, then three in Minnesota before they welcome uh, Shohei Otani and the LA Angels for three at the end, at the middle of August. So looking forward to seeing what's going to happen and also what's going to happen with the Reds. The Reds are hot right now. Talk a little Red Lake baseball. So the Reds are pretty hot right now. I got to say this. They took two of three from the Cardinals who are going to be playing the Indians here in a couple of days. And the Indians Indians are going to run into a Cardinal team that was just buzzsawed a little bit by the Reds, but the Cardinals do bounce back in the final game of the series, but let's break down the whole series for you. We'll start on Friday night as the Reds and the and the and the Cardinals renewed their rivalry at great American ballpark as it was the Reds coming out with the big victory. they had two runs in the first, a run in the fourth, they had two in the seventh, all powered by a bases clearing. Base bases clearing, hit by Suarez. In the seventh inning, a run assurance run in the eighth, as the Reds get a six-five win over the St. Louis Cardinals. Branch the win, he goes to one. He goes to one and one with a three-point-five-five ERA. Gillows the loss, he goes to five and three with a two-point-six-five ERA. Humbry the save, his seventh of the season for the Reds in the game. It was Goldsmith. His 17th home run of the season, batter, the 7th home run of the season. Joey Votto, a great game for him. We'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, Farmer, home run for the Reds, his 8th of the season. For the Reds in the game, it was Malley on the bump. He went 5 innings, giving up 5 hits, 2 runs. Those 2 runs were earned, 4 walks, 5 strikeouts. He gave up the 2 home runs to Goldschmidt and batter. His ERA now a 3.92 in. The game, LeBlanc starting for St. Louis. He went four innings, eight hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned, one walk, five strikeouts, and one home run. The home run he gave up to Farmer in the game. Time of the game, by the way, was 3 hours, 43 minutes, 30,605 at Great American Ballpark on Friday night on the shores of the Ohio River. On Saturday, the Reds, again, a big win, 5-3 over the Red, over the Cardinals. It was Louis on the bump. He pitched a gem on Saturday, going seven innings, five hits. That one run he gave up was earned. Three walks, nine strikeouts. His ERA a 4.20 ERA. As he gets the win, he goes now to 4-10 and 10 with a 4.20 ERA. Woodford the loss, he goes to 2-2 two and two with a 4.25 ERA. And get ready for this home run palooza. It was Votto his thirteenth and Jesse Winkler his twentieth of the season. Woodford went five innings, seven hits, three runs. All three runs were earned. Two walks, two strikeouts. He gave up the whole, one home run to Joey Votto his thirteenth of the season. Winkler gave an, was the home run was from McFarland as. 33,489 in attendance at Great America Ballpark. Two hours and 55 minutes took to play the game on Saturday afternoon. We get to Sunday and the Reds were running hot. They were running six straight against St. Louis this season. The tri- streak comes to an end as the as the Redbirds basically went out and hit a home run bonanza. Carlson, his 10th. Arenado his 20th, O'Neal his 17th, and Batter his 8th, powering the Cardinals to a 10-6 win over the Cincinnati Reds. Halsey, the win, he goes to 5-4 with a 4.79 ERA. Sonny Gray, the loss, he goes to 2-6 with a 4.50 ERA. In his outing yesterday, Gray went 3 in the third innings, 8 hits, 8 runs, 8 all eight were earned. One walk, three strikeouts. He gave up three home runs. His ERA now a 4.50. For Halsey in his outing, uh, it was Odero starting for the for the Cardinals. He went four and two-thirds, five hits, three runs. All three were earned, six walks, six strikeouts. He gave up one home run. That home run was Joey Votto's 14th of the season. But Halsey, the winning, went two-thirds innings pitch giving up no runs, none earned, no walks. One strikeout, his ERA, a 4.79. So the Reds take two of three from the Cardinals. They now have a huge road trip, folks. Huge road trip. Four games on the north side of Chicago as they'll take on the Chicago Cubs. Pauly Paps' Chicago Cubs or Joe Devera's Chicago Cubs or my good friend, Tom Joyce's Chicago Cubs, four-game series starting tonight, 8-10. This is the night game. Tonight is the one to watch. The one to watch. Yes, the one to watch tonight, 8-10 start time. It will be Miley on the bump, 8-4 with a 2.72 ERA. He'll take on Hendricks, who is 12-4 with a 3.61 ERA, 8-10 start time to watch that game. You'll watch that on Marquee Sports or on Ballet Sports ohio and that game is my game is the one to watch one to watch on tuesday is another 8 10 start time will be gutierrez on the bump for cincinnati He's four and three with a four point nine seven era he'll take out a loves wet lay who is four and ten with a 4.58 era 8 10 start time for that one Wednesday's game will be Malley on the bump, seven and three with a 3.92 ERA. He'll take on Davies, who is six and six with a 4.30 ERA. And the game on Thursday, the concluding game, a good bump, a good series matchup. Capper, the rubber match, it'll be Castillo, Louis on the bump, four and ten with a 4.20 ERA. He'll take on Mills, who's four and three with a 4.55 ERA. Two ten start time. All games on the Marquee Sports Network in Chicago, or on Bally Sports Ohio for those games this upcoming week. The Reds then will head into New York. New York starts spreading. No, forget it. This game is going to be played out at former Shea Stadium. Yes, it's going to be played at Citi Field as the Reds will take on the, the Mets for three games before they return home to battle the Minnesota Twins. For a quick two-game series and then four straight against the Pittsburgh Pirates before they head to Cleveland to make up that rainout game to see who will lift the Ohio Cup. Find that out as well. Then there will be three games in Atlanta and then three in Philadelphia before returning home for three quick games against the Cubs and then four, uh, (coughs) four games against the Miami Marlins. So that is all the Reds action for you there. I do apologize for the cough right there. Caught me off guard a little bit there as the Reds are holding strong. They are really holding strong. And let's take a look at the standings before we get to the news and notes. Looking at the standings, here is what the what it looks like, the American League Central. It is the White Sox in the top spot at 59-40. and 40. It is the Indians at 49-48, nine games out of first place. The Detroit Tigers are 47-54, 13 games out of first place Kansas City 42 and 55 16 games out of first place the Twins are 42 and 58 17 and a half games out of first place in the American League East it is the Boston Red Sox holding the top spot at 61 and 39 it is then Tampa at 60 and 40 a game out of first place it is then the New York Yankees at 51 and 47, nine games out of first place. Toronto 49 and 46, nine and a half games out of first place. And then the Baltimore Orioles at 34 and 64, 26 games out of first place. In the West, it is Houston at 61 and 39 in the top spot. It is Oakland at 56 and 45, five and a half games out of first place. The Seattle Mariners are 54 and 46, seven games out of first place. The Angels are 49-49 at 11 games out of first place. They're at an even 500. Texas is 35-65, 26 games out of first place. In the senior circuit, in the Central Division, it is the Milwaukee Brewers at the top spot. At 58 and 42, the Reds are right in second spot at 51 and 48, six and a half games out of first place. The with the Cardinals win on Sunday, they're now at 500 at 50 and 50, eight games out of first place. The Cubs are 49 and 51, nine games out of first place, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are 38 and 61, 19 and a half games out of first place. In the National League East, it's the Mets that's holding the top spot at 52 and 45. The Phillies are at even 500 at 49 and 49, three and a half games out of first place. Atlanta 49 and 50, four games out of first place. Washington 45 and 53, seven and a half games out of first place. And the Miami Marlins at 10 and a half games out of first place. They are 43 and 57. In the West, San Francisco top spot at 62 and 37. The Dodgers at 61 and 42 and a half, two games out of first place. The Padres 58 and 44, five and a half games out of first place. Colorado 43 and 56, 19 games out of first place. And Arizona, who is 31 and 70, 32 games out of first place. They are the worst team in Major League Baseball. Who would have thought it would be the Arizona Cardinals? The Arizona Diamondbacks. I almost said the Arizona Cardinals. I have got football in my mind. We'll talk a little bit about that here in just a second. So that is the updated standings. Now let's delve into the news and notes. And before we even go into the news and notes, let's talk about what's happening in Cleveland. Last Friday, besides the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, of course, we found out who the new what the new team name will be for the Cleveland baseball team. It will be the Cleveland Guardians. Now the Guardians name is an interesting one uh, I kind of like it in some aspects you know there will still be people that will call Cleveland the you know the Indians but the uh, the story to this is that they are representing the guardians that are on the bridge that's in front of of progressive Field is the four guardians of transportation. I like it. Um, I do like the uh, that they're going to keep the inscription of the cursive guardians instead of like how it is for the Indians. Um, the C, I like it, but I'll I'll t- tell you this. You know, it's going to take a while for all for us to change it from the mindset of us rooting for the Indians. Instead of the now called the Guardians, as then this will go into effect next season. So, but one thing I will say is this I don't like the one logo with the G with the fl- with the wings on the side of it. I don't like that. It reminds me of the Gwinnett Braves that used to be in the minor league system that now called the Gwinnett Stripers. Um, they still kind of have that little bit of. You the Indian feel to it, if you put that G there. Um, but, you know, you, it's a sign of the times, sign of change. We have to change for the better. Um, I do like, like I said, I do like the cursive, and I do like the meaning of the story of why we're changing the name. Uh, I know there's mixed reviews on it. Some people like it. My dad, you all know, still call him the Indians. That's one of those things that you, you, you can't take out of his mind. You can't take that off of him. You can't take, his, take the minds off of it. So we shall see. You know, uh, News and notes to pass along to you. As the trade deadline is heating up now, as we are now closer and closer to the deadline. The Yankees did make a move today to bolster their bullpen. They have acquired right-handed pitcher Clay Holmes from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for infielders Diego Castile and Holm Park. That was a trade today. Uh, The rumor mill is swirling around as, as it looks like Jose Burrows is on the trading block with multiple teams, including the Dodgers and the Padres. And The Dodgers need pitching because Right now, the whole Trevor Bauer situation is just—it's not looking good for him to come back this season. It just doesn't look good at all for him to come back at all to come back and play baseball. Um, there's that for you. Uh, Adam Frazier was one of the big moves today, as Frazier goes to the Padres in exchange for Cash and Tulipo Mercado, as well as right-handed pitcher Mitchell Milano and outfielder Jake Sazuin all go to Pittsburgh in exchange for Adam Frazier. That's a big move right there. Um, The Indians are not actively trading, are actually having active talks about trading Jose Ramirez right now. If I was the Indians, I'd be just trying to, you know, salvage water. Right now, let's see what we can, what you can get. Uh, the trade deadline is Friday at four o'clock. So, we're looking to get an interview with Nick, the Money Man Devera, to talk about what's happening in baseball. Um, we're trying to set that up. Uh, we're just having conflict the schedules. When we get that day set up, and we'll, have that, we'll tape an interview and we'll have it for you right here. It won't make it be probably the full hour of all Andy Alford talking a little bit about baseball with my old broadcast partner, Nick, the Money Man DeVera. Um, I was off last week, so let's talk a little bit about the All-Star game. I thought that Colorado did a fantastic job. Um, I knew the Polar Bear was going to win the Home Run Derby. I just knew it because he just it just felt like he could do damage and it's sad that you know the American League continues to it's dominance over the National League luckily that these games don't matter anymore but it's just good to see that you know the stadiums were full and we're seeing this uh machine covid like go down quote unquote in certain locations but we'll see absolutely see so it's good to see that, and uh, we'll keep you posted on what's happening in the trade deadline as well by following us on Twitter as well as on Facebook as well. as so you're listening to All Andy for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's talk a little minor league baseball. Yes, the second place Toledo Mudhens have a big series coming up this week at Fraction Field. So the hot Toledo Mudhens have won four of their last six, and they are hot right now, folks. They are very, very hot, and they are taking, you know, minor league baseball by storm right now, how good they are. And we'll start off with their recap. They took four of six, actually, this past week in Indianapolis, which is a huge series win for them. But it was a home run and scoring palooza on the opening night of the series last Tuesday as they took on the Indians at victory field as the Indians beat the Mudhens by a score of 12-11. to uh, Weedman the win, he goes to 2-0 with a 4.70 ERA. Foley, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 5.51 ERA. Uh, Adiel Rodriguez, his 16th home run of the season. Kristen Stewart, his 9th. Uh, Alford, his 8th home run of the season. Uh, Maris, his fourth and strong Golden his fifth home run of the season as the Indians beat the Mud Hens by a score of 12 to 11. And on Wednesday the Mud Hens getting the better win as they beat up on the Indians by a score of 11 to 5. St. John the win he goes to three and over the 1.26 ERA. Miller the loss he goes to one and one with a 4.50 ERA. Owen for the Indians his eighth home run of the season. Jacob Robson his fifth for the Mudhens, uh, Aguaro Nunez, his 14th of the season, and Cody Clemens, his fourth home run of the season as the Mudhens getting eleven 11-5 win over the Indianapolis Indians on Thursday. Toledo again pounding out on the try by a score of 7-2 over Indianapolis. Hutchinson, the win, he goes to 7-3 with a 3.48 ERA. Ponce, the loss, he goes to 0-4 with a 5.29 ERA. Clemens, true home run game for him. His fifth and sixth of the season. Nunez, his seventeenth of the his fifteenth of the season. Owen getting his second home run of the of the series, his ninth of the season. Indianapolis does get the win on Friday with a score of two to one. Sol for the win, he goes to five and three with a three point two nine ERA. Lang the loss, he goes to Owen one with a five point one one ERA. Sharp homering for the Tribe, his fourth of the season. No home runs hit for the Mud Hens. On Saturday, the Mudhens getting a 6-4 win. Leiter Jr., the win, he goes to 4-0 with a 2.25 ERA. Christian Stewart homering for the Mudhens, his 10th of the season. The loss goes to Keller. He's now 1-1 with a 3.21 ERA. Alford homering for the Tribe, his 9th of the season. Betancourt, his 6th of the season. The concluding game on Sunday sees the Mudhens getting a 7-3 win over indianapolis blackwood the win he goes to two and over the 5.83 era marvel the loss he goes to three and three with a 5.43 era Ariel rodriguez his 17th of the season and christian stewart homing his 11th of the season as the mudhens getting a 7-3 win taking four of six from the indianapolis indians now here's why i say this series is a huge 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 series if you get them Go down to the ballpark. This series could determine the division, folks. Here's why I say that. Toledo is playing Omaha in a six-game series that will start tomorrow night. 7.05 first pitch at fifth-third field, or what I call, fraction field. 7.05 first pitch. Iowa, excuse me, Omaha is in first place. Toledo in second place. 7.05 first pitch. Omaha's not yet named starters for their series Tuesday through Friday. Uh, well, they haven't named the series, uh, named pitchers for the entire series. We'll keep you posted on that on our Twitter account. Um, but Toledo has announced their pitchers. For tomorrow night's start, it will be Pinto 5-1 and 1 with a 4.11 ERA 7.05 first pitch. Wednesday will be Hutchinson, 7-3 with a 3.48 ERA, 7.05 first pitch. Peño on the bump on Thursday, 1-3 with a 5.15 ERA. Leitner Jr. on the bump on Friday, 7.05 first pitch. Thursday's game is a 7.05 first pitch. Leitner Jr., 4-0, 2.25 ERA. Saturday, the Mudheads have not yet named a starter, but it looks like it will be Blackwood. He's 2-0 with a 5.83 ERA. Both teams have yet named starters for Sunday's game. And here's why, I, again, I say that uh, Omaha is at the top spot at 42-28. and 28. Toledo is 40-32 and 30, two games out of first place in the division. St. Paul is in third spot at 37-34, and five-and-a-half games out of first place. Indianapolis is in third spot with their losing four of six to the Mudhens. They're now 34 and 36, eight games out of first place. Columbus is in the fifth spot at 31 and 39, 11 games out of first place. Iowa is 29 and 40, 12 and a half games out of first place. And Louisville is 27 and 44, 15 and a half games out of first place. Looking at the other divisions in the Northeast Division is Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders at the top spot at 45 and 23 Buffalo in the second spot at 44 and 25 a game and a half out of first place. The Worcester Red Sox are 37 and 33 nine games out of first place. Lehigh Valley 32 and 40 15 games out of first place. Rochester is 29 and 41 17 games out of first place, and the Syracuse Mets are 23 and 48 23 and a half games out of first place. Now the the Midwest, the Midwest bracket, is the best division to watch right now because the East has become wide open and Durham is just running away right now. They're 49-21 and 21 in the top spot. Nashville 41-38.5 and, 38 and a half games out of first place. The Jacksonville Fighting Shrimp are 38-32, 11 games out of first place. The Gwinnett Stripers are 37-35, 13 games out of first place. The Memphis Redbirds are 36-36, 14 games out of first place. Charlotte is 26-44, and 44, 23 games out of first place. And Norfolk is 25-43, and 43, 23 games out of first place. So there is that for you right there. Uh, if you're looking at games going forward this week in minor league baseball, Buffalo is in Worcester. Scranton is in Syracuse. Jacksonville is in Charlotte. Lehigh Valley is in Rochester. Durham is in Norfolk. Louisville is in Iowa. And then you also have Indianapolis is in St. Paul. And Columbus is in Nashville. Bonnet is in Memphis. And those are the, the International League games going forward this upcoming week. So get your tickets. Go down to the ballpark. Plenty of tickets available for this series 419-725-HENS or visit Toledomudhens.com. Get your tickets. A huge series. Six games possibly for the division. And it all starts tomorrow night. 7.05 first pitch. Pinto on the hill for Toledo. 7.05 first pitch. As you are listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in to the show. And now let's dive into some other sports. And, of course, we'll start off with what's happening in Tokyo, Japan. Yes, the 2020-21 Summer Games are underway. Tokyo becomes the spotlight. Every four years, the world is watching. It's Tokyo 2020, the Summer Olympia. And this is the Olympic recap right here on the all Andy Alpha Network. as the world is now watching as the olympics have begun in tokyo 2020 is underway a 13 hour time difference between the united states and japan so all the events that are happening are happening overnight and you know we're getting if you're a night owl this is a perfect sport time of the year for, the, for sports watching, especially with the Olympics, whether it, whether it be badminton, table tennis, taekwondo, fencing, speed walking, three-on-three basketball, men's and women's basketball, men's and women's soccer, softball, baseball, all the summer games, skateboarding, surfing, it all begins in Tokyo. As this is the Olympic Recap right here, I am your host, Andy Elford, here on the All Andy Elford Network, as we're going to recap. The medals right now are in favor of the host country right now, as Japan is holding the top spot at ranking number one in overall in the gold race, as they have eight gold, two silver, and three bronze. The United States is in second spot in gold rush at seven golds, three Silvers and five bronze. The overall leader is China. They have six golds, five silvers, and seven bronze, 18 medals in total. The Russian athletes are four golds, five silvers, and three bronze. Great Britain is in fifth. They have three golds, four silvers, and one bronze. Korea has three golds, no silvers, four bronze, which total seven medals. Australia has two golds, one silver, and three bronze. Also, you have Croatia with two golds all together. Italy is in ninth with one gold, four silvers, and four bronze. And France with one gold, two silvers, and two bronze. Canada is in the 11th spot. They have one gold, two silvers, and one bronze for four medals in total. So looking at it, into action that is happening today. Of course, judo is action happening right as we speak. As a lot of the action is going underway right now as we speak. Looking at some of the other big things, Taekwondo, as well as water polo, the United States beating China today. And water polo, and women's water polo, 12 to seven. Archery: The Japan beats the United States in the quarterfinals, five to one. In the featherweight boxing, Canada's Vira Korol five nothing straight over Croatia. In handball, Denmark a winner, thirty-two to twenty-seven in round robin play. In three and three basketball, Japan beating Italy, twenty-two to ten. Yes, I said. Three on three basketball, yes. Women's pool play, Japan beating Italy twenty two to ten. And volleyball, men's volleyball pulling a three nothing set straight wins over Italy. In fencing it was the Russian athlete Kilok Bolchak beating Nick Inskin fifteen to thirteen. Surfing France is Michael Bernitz winning. The Third round of the third heat with a 12.43 score. Mommy's bulkhead beating up from Marcone, the loser. I I had to play that. We're doing the Olympic recap for you here. In the shooting competition, it was Amber English getting the gold. And silver was Diana Baltic from Italy. And Ming Wang from China gets the bronze. Gold three-on-three basketball in the men's pool round. With the Russian athletes, a winner 19-16 over Japan. And cycling mountain bike, it was Thomas Pinkhawk. From Great Britain getting gold. Silver goes to Matthias Flinker from Sweden. that's no, from Switzerland. David Valercenaro getting the bronze. Then diving and men synchronized. Diving 10-meter platform. Gold goes to Great Britain. China gets silver and Russia gets third. Which gets bronze. The full play continues continued in three-on-three three men's play. Latvia loses to Serbia 22 to 16. Um, water polo uh, Russia and Hungary evened out at 10 in the women's preliminary round in shooting in the skeet men's final it was Vincent Hancock getting gold for the United States Jasper Hansen the silver for Denmark and in uh, Abdullah Ashim getting bronze let's see here also in men's volleyball France a winner three nothing over Tanzania in rugby seven Great Britain a thirty four to nothing win over Japan um, and let's see rugby seven Canada loses to the defending gold medal champion, Fiji twenty eight to fourteen in basketball preliminary rounds women's Canada falls to Serbia in Group A seventy two to sixty eight. Looking at some other notes nobles in badminton today it was Kristen Kuba from Estonia winning 2-0 over Delia Paris from Peru. In water polo women's play it was Australia 15, the Netherlands 12. And in, in in field hockey, Great Britain a 4-1 win over South Africa. In rugby sevens in the men's pool, the Irish fall to the United States, 19 to 17. Three and three men's pool basketball, Belgium a winner, 18-17 over the Netherlands. Women's field hockey, Argentina a winner, three nothing over Spain. Um, looking at some others going forward. Women's field Hockey, New Zealand. I won a 2-1 over Japan. And pool play right now going on as Argentina is playing Australia as we speak. And surfing-wise, is, uh, hap- volley, women's volleyball happening Is Russia is down Argentina. Overnight tonight, the women's 200 freestyle semifinals will be taking place. Also, badminton men's singles will be Toby Pintree versus T.S. Strouffler in group play. Uh, you also have the men's 200 freestyle final will happen tonight, overnight, as well as the 100-meter backfield final for women, as well as the 100-meter backfield final for men. East Volleyball will have Canada's, Canada's best Playing Argentina in two-man beach volleyball, and that is the Olympic update right here on All Andy Alford. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep up the tab. and uh, we'll keep you updated right on our Facebook and Twitter account. At this, it's Tokyo 2020, the 32nd Summer Olympiad, on the All Andy Alford Network. You just heard the Olympic recap for you right here on All Andy Elford. You're listening to us on the plethora of platforms, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. A couple other news sports stories to pass along to you, of course. Uh, as it was the LPGA Evian Championship, and Minji Lee battle Lee six in a playoff, and Minji Lee winning the championship. The NVIDIA Tournament Championship, uh, the PGA, uh, the Three M Champion goes to Champ himself. Um, also, want to congratulate. With speaking of Three M in that area, I want to congratulate Milwaukee on winning the NBA Championship. Giannis getting his getting an MVP. Congratulations to them, and congratulations all around to all the champions. Is in in. In the NBA, as the NBA season as come to a close, the season will begin again on Thursday with the NBA draft, which is surprising, of course. But what do you expect with the shortened COVID year that we had? Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm very pleased, going back to the Olympics really quickly, I'm very pleased with the amount of coverage that NBC is doing. you have it on NBCSN, they have it on USA Network, as well as on CNBC, as well as MSNBC, and on the Olympic Channel. I love watching the Olympic Channel. If you if you have the Olympic Channel, watch it. It is fantastic, especially when you're getting your day going. You get up in the morning and you're having your coffee or breakfast. Turn on the Olympic Channel, and you'll get to see what happened overnight. And sometimes they'll show you all the highlights, and you'll also get to hear a lot of the the, uh, the athletes. In the interviews, as well as what's happening in the Olympic Village, as well, so that's pretty cool to see. As, um, yeah, we're gonna now dive into what we are excited for coming forward, besides my wedding. I am excited that football is right around the corner, and the Mid American Conference had their media day last week. Uh, did not get a chance to go to it this year, uh, was not invited. Whoop-de-do! That's what a, what a small market podcast is. Um, the picks were out for the Mid-American Conference, and they have picked Ball State to finish in the top spot in the MAC West. So they have Ball, and like I said, Ball State on the top spot. You want to guess who they have top spot in the East? Kent State. Kent State picked to be. The winner in the East, which is surprising. By yours truly, I, I I figured that you know, you know Kent State would be in the lower level. I thought Buffalo might be good, but you know I'm surprised that they're not in it. They're not going to be in it to win it, of course. And. For me, a little bit of a su- surprising, shocking thing, of course, was the fact that, like I mentioned, that they also have the watch list out for six athletes that could win the the Duker, Duke Walker Award watch list, and uh, Brian Kovac from the University of Toledo is one of those media, one of those projected to win win out. Like I said, they have Ball State finishing in West, and Kent State in the East Division. And the first place voting looks like this: Ball State had 11 first place votes. Second was Toledo with seven. Western Michigan with 100 in, with was in third. In fourth is Central Michigan. Fifth is Eastern, and Northern Illinois is sixth. So you could tell that Northern Illinois is in a rebuild. In the East, Kent State with 11 first place votes. Ohio in second, Miami in third, Buffalo in fourth, Akron fifth, and Bowling Green sixth. So, you know, it's just playing into our odds, folks. It's just playing into our odds. And, um, you know, Leffler said it best in his interview with some of the media members, you know, we are, this is year three of the rebuild, and you know, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It will be interesting to see who's gonna be. If if if, if the only thing is we're gonna shock the world. I, I think we're gonna shock the world. Especially how good, you know, we're getting there. We're building and we're getting there. And this is the seventy fifth year, of Mid American Conference football. Seventy five years of Maction. Can't wait. Can't wait for the season to start. Really can't. And speaking of which, let's dive into something really quickly, too. It was posted the other day. I wanted to share it. Forgot to share it with you guys. It was posted out to win the college conference championship games. And I wanted to go over a few of them for you. We'll start with the Mid-American Conference, first and foremost. Uh, Picks to win, of course, is Ball State is now the overall favorite now at at now 4 to 1. Kent State is now 4 to 1. They have Bowling Green at 150 to 1. Toledo's at 7 to 1 odds to win the Mid-American Conference championship. Akron at 100 to 1 odds. You have Eastern Michigan at 25 to 1, Miami of Ohio 30 to 1 odds, Ohio U at 7 to 1 odds. You have Northern Illinois now down at 175 to 1 odds. So that's a good like I said, Ball State is 13 to 4 odds, and Western Michigan is 17 to 2 odds in winning and getting to the MAC championship and winning the MAC championship. Um, for the Big Ten, Ohio State's the top spot. They are a minus 200, so you're not going to make any money. Wisconsin, 8 to 1, Penn State, 8 to 1, Iowa, 12 to 1, Michigan is 10 to 1 odds, Northwestern, 20 to 1 uh Indiana 20 to 1, Nebraska 20 to 1, Michigan State 50 to 1 odds, Purdue is 100 to 1 odds, Maryland is 75 to 1 odds, and Illinois is 200 to 1 odds on that. Uh, looking at the ACC in the odds, Clemson holding the spot at minus 800, North Carolina 9 to 1 odds, Miami Florida 10 to 1 odds, NC State 20 to 1, Florida State 25 to 1, Virginia Tech 25 to 1. Louisville 30 to 1, Virginia 40 to 1, Pittsburgh 60 to 1, Boston College 60 to 1, Georgia Tech 75 to 1, Wake Forest 100 to 1, Duke and Syracuse both at 200 to 1 odds. So there's your odds for this upcoming year. And now let's talk a little. Continue to talk a little college football. This whole Texas and Oklahoma situation. Now there's a rumor saying and there's discussion talking that Oklahoma and Texas are thinking about switching over to the SEC. I'm for that. I think that would make that conference even better. I, I, I would you already have Texas A&M in in the AC in the in the SEC? Why not put Texas in there and put Oklahoma in there? So that means that the Big Twelve will basically fold. What does that mean for the other conferences? Well, it's going to be a trickle down effect. I think the Big Ten could get some big, big schools out of this. Geographically standing, I think Iowa State would be a perfect one, so that they can build that rivalry up between Iowa and Iowa State. Continue that rivalry. I think West Virginia would be a perfect add-on to the Big Twelve for the Big Twelve to the Big Ten. Kansas and Kansas State would make sense because that would that would work out there. And then you so th- here's how the division would shape up. In the East, you would have Maryland. You would have Rutgers, West Virginia, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State. And then you have Indiana. Be a part of that. Okay. And then in the West, you would have Iowa, Iowa State, Minnesota, Kansas, Kansas State, Northwestern, Illinois, and Wisconsin, 8-8. Eight make that all even up together, you would have yourself a good conference. Good conference. But we'll see. We'll see if it all shakes out. I think West Virginia would be the best fit for the Big Ten as well as Kansas and Kansas State. Iowa State would work too. It's nice to see Matt Campbell be in that. But that won't happen until next year or the following year. We'll see what happens. Absolutely see what happens. A little bit of a breaking news to pass along to you for the Browns. Uh, uh, Oka Joby is out with an injury. He's going to be out four to six months. That's not good for Browns fans, so keep your posted with that. And by the way, we're going to have our NFL Preview Edition show. It will be late in August before the season starts. Yours truly will give you his predictions on the NFL upcoming season. Who will be lifting the Vince Lombardi Trophy come this February. As you are listening to all Andy Elford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. It's time to head to the end of our show tonight, and it's time for Andy Rance. It's now time for Andy Rance, and I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on the Anchor Network. And Again, thank you. I want to thank everybody that has, you know, reached out, and, and thank you to all the listeners. By the way, I want to thank you for some of the best ratings we've had in a long time from the Marathon Classic coverage. Um, we've gotten people from Argentina, from from Spain, from Norway, from the Netherlands, all listening into the podcast to listen to the coverage of the Marathon Classic. We want to thank you, and we hope that we keep you as listeners going forward. And I hope you have hit the subscribe button because you know it's only going to get better. As we will preview the Solheim Cup coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll also have all the NFL and as well as high school and college football. We're going to dive a little into high school. As uh, two days are getting ready to start, looking forward to that, as well as diving more into this hot baseball runs for the Tigers, the Mud Hens. As well as the Reds, and we'll see what happens with the Guardians. I mean, the Indians. And by the way, the, uh, my anti-rants is tonight is this: Guardians versus Indians. You know, with this whole Guardians and Indians situation, you know, it's going to take us all some time to get the get the name down. So, to the broadcasters, I understand if you're going to you're going to have a hard time switching the name over from the Indians. And fans, I know you're going to have a hard time switching over. But be patient. You know be patient you know and we'll we'll get through it it' all it'll be you will be chanting let's go guardians on the corner of Carnegie and Ontario soon enough so that's one number two is this now I know we didn't have a full Andy all Andy Alfred after the marathon classic and we didn't do our marathon Monday like we usually do um, so we're gonna have the marathon Monday today and it's going to start now um I want to thank all of the volunteers all the all the people from the LPGA as well as the grounds crew and everybody for their for their hospitality for helping us set up for the week that we were there at Highland Meadows I want to thank uh uh Jim Heller for giving us all the information and everything like that and um I want to thank everybody there uh for and I want to thank you the fans for coming out and supporting all these great children's charities, as well as all of these great players that came into the tournament. And like these great charities, like such as Wood County Plays and United States Vets and Toledo Seagate Food Bank, the Valentine Theater, the Victory Center, Ronald McDonald House, as well as Putnam County YMCA, On Target Outfitters, as well as the Autism Model School, the Jamie Farr Scholarship Fund, as well as Children's Theater Workshop and the Cancer Connection of Northwest Ohio, as well as the Down Syndrome Association of the Greater Toledo, and of course, Toledo School for the Arts. It is these charities and these these days, this, this tournament, that helps these charities out so much. Now we get to the golf. It was fantastic. Some of the best players that we have seen in the world. World. Brooke Henderson, as well as Stacey Lewis, you know, and seeing the championship, seeing that championship was, was, and how it ended though on that Sunday really hurt me, really hurt me, and it made me, you know, really question everything, especially with the tournament that was after them, which is the Dow Invitational, which is a two-person tournament, which is from Wednesday to Saturday. I don't understand why the LPGA decided to do a two-person tournament, and it's been like that for the last three years. After our tournament, it's the Dow tournament, and it's been like that on, they do the tournament open on a Wednesday. Why don't they open the tournament on a Thursday like they usually do and play it into the weekend? But this year it was different because of the British Open. I understand that. But, us as fans, we didn't get to see the championship that we wanted, wanted to see the championship Sunday that we wanted to see. And so I, I frown upon what the LPGA did. All she all all she had to do was just take a drive and play the first two holes for her to win the championship. It shouldn't have been like that. It shouldn't have been like that. I think we should have waited. And a lot of the golfers were out there playing in the weather conditions that we had that, that Sunday. And they were playing in this tournament. And just for Nasa Hatakura just to hit a drive, and to win the tournament, it just wasn't enough for me. It really wasn't. I was very disappointed in how this tournament ended and how she wins the trophy just by taking a drive when all the other players were out there in the rain. And, you know, they could have played this tournament and finished it on Monday. They should have finished this tournament on Monday. But, of course, because of that, what was happening in Midland, On Wednesday, they decided not to finish it, and they decided to play it only 64 instead of 72. 54, excuse me, instead of 72. And I I just don't like it. I didn't like it whatsoever. But, you know, that's just the way it is, you know. NASA Hatakora will have her name planted on the flag at Highland Meadows, and she'll be planted on Monroe Street going forward. And you know we'll be continuing our coverage of the Marathon Classic. You know that we will. And it's good to see that you know you know the L the LPGA is back. Um they're going to have a week, off, a couple weeks off because of the Olympics. A lot of them are playing over in the Olympics. So a lot of them are in Ireland. They're in Northern Ireland this week. They're over on the other side of the world. And then they will come back September 4th at the 6th for the Solheim Cup, which is Team USA versus Team Europe. Looking forward to that. Really looking forward to that. So that's going to be it for all ADL for tonight. I hope you enjoyed this podcast because it was great to be back on the air. We'll be back on the air next Tuesday for another edition of the podcast. We'll keep you updated on what's happening at 5th, 3rd field with the starters for Omaha as well as what's happening up in Detroit as well as what's in Cincinnati with the Reds over on the north side of Chicago with the, with the Tigers up in Minnesota and the Tribe slash Guardians home to play the Cardinals. And we'll keep you updated on what's happening with free agency, the, with MLB Baseball, as well as free agency in the NHL. We'll see what the Jackets get. We'll definitely see what the Jackets get. But that's going to be all the time I have for you tonight right here on All Andy Alford. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Until I talk to you next week, this is Andy Alford saying, I'll pull it for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, into my teams. Go Reds! Go Tigers! Let's go Tribe! Let's go Guardians! Let's go Jackets! Even though we gotta get rid of Yarmul and we've gotta sign Nick Felino. Let's go Kraken! Let's go Falcons! Let's go Browns. Let's go Lions. And Team USA and Team Canada all the way. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you on Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Alfred. I love you. Talk to you guys then.